you planning the, the oh. uh, theme tune? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the shit theme tune in. I'm that that yes. horrid theme uh, tune. We've had five minutes <laughs> to change it. A long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, three young lads got together and started talking shit for about 14 episodes in a film-related podcast. They went missing. Galaxy went into turmoil, but now they've all come back. Um, ladies and gentlemen, his Medichlorian count is off the fucking chain. It's Ross Siegel. Say hello, Ross. Hi, Nick. Hello, everyone. A man, a man whose uh, film knowledge knows no bound, but ninety percent of the time he's absolutely full of death. Um, it's Tom Newman. Oi. Hello, hello. <laughs> Isn't this cute? We're all back. We're all back. We've, we didn't know how to work it to begin with, but we've um, we've got back in the groove quite quickly, which is good. Um, and then there's me, Nick, Nick Stanforth, who's just going to calm these two savage beasts mm. through this cinematic hour or so of um, us talking films. Because, lads, what a lot of films have happened since our oh, slightly so lengthy many. vacation. <laughs> so many. Excited. Let's go. Bring a topic up. I was, was, was going to say, so many we don't want to talk about. Um, we're going to get up to date. You know, because we've seen the necessary jobs. We've seen we've seen Star Wars, at which we all went, ooh, didn't we, lads? Yeah. The only good Star Wars. Ooh. Sorry, was that a bit too controversial? Oh, I've, I've gone, I'm riding a bike list, I've gone straight in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and you've ridden into a grate. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did we actually think? Oh, now, um, now, now, now it's like, well, two months past. Is it two months past? A month past? Months, and we... We're all and so and all, the, all the hypes died down. Look back at it. And sure, surely and... everyone's seen it, so we can talk about spoilers now. And, and what, what do you think? Go, Nick. Man. Um, I think it was A New Hope too. Um, Didn't it story. need to be that? Did it need to be? Um, no, probably not. But I think the difference here is, is that it ends on a very different note to A New Hope. And yet, like... The Yoda's already turned. They've already introduced the Yoda in the form of Luke. Um, their Obi Wan's died, um, and the Rebel, like the Resistance, is sort of a bit scattered. Um, so essentially, it's like the next one, you know, as it should, well as it could be, the next one will be their Empire. And if that's the case, then they're going in that direction anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like the Jedi character's gone off by themselves. The other two are stranded. Like, there's no real confirmation as to what's going to happen. But I was really, I really enjoyed it, man. Like, as soon as it yeah. started, just the, just the nostalgic hairs were prickled up. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, yes, we're here. Um, and as soon as it kicked off and it was like, right, I'm going to stick some important documents in a droid. I'm going to send that, doc- that droid off to somewhere else. Someone else <laughs> is going to find it. I was like, hold on, I've been here before um but regardless you just enjoyed it because for one it was a star wars film and you didn't know where it was going to go and two it was like it gave nods to all the right things and managed to break new not break new ground but just did had certain elements to it where i was like i'm enjoying this and i didn't think i would do um so ross's golden boy mr abrams actually paid off what did you what did you think about it ross then of so you're course, saying it's the best one so far of course he paid off when, when does he never <laughs> deliver seriously um yeah so as I've the said lost before, finale <laughs> whoa 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 um as i said before also i never really got the whole star wars kind of hype um but i thought like, i couldn't care less that it was a remake of the new hope but i thought it was great it was good fun I thought john boyega was brilliant 
I thought um, I forgot his name in it now, but Oscar Isaac. So it's a shame he wasn't in it more. Um, what's He's his name great, in it? isn't he? What's the character he is good. name? Poe Dameron. That's it. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Those two, the the, the bromance, loved it. Um, I thought Adam Driver. Uh, I forgot I forgot his name as well. Adam, Adam Driver's Driver. character. I thought he was really Carlo good. Carlo Really scary until the mask came off, and I know they probably had to do it, but I just wanted him to keep that on. I just think he lost it a little bit when it came off. Um, I, but that's just me nitpicking. I, I yeah. had a really good time. I saw it IMAX 3D. Um, I'm oh, not usually yes. a 3D fan. However, it worked. Um, it all looked good. Nothing was blurry that I can remember. I just thought, as long as, you know, some people are going to really, really judge it because it's such a big film, it's got such a big following. If you just go there without any expectation, you're going to have a lot of fun watching it. It was a banging film. Just good. It was just really good. Mm. I don't care if they've, re- like, repeated the same sort of beats even as close as they did to, yeah. the, to the original. It was great. What made me laugh the most is how literal copy of a character Adam Driver is to his TV show character in Girls. Boyfriend <laughs> that he plays. Literally the same character. The angry. The angry. No, in Girls, he just plays this, like... He has like a one bed flat in New York, and whenever she, the main protagonist goes <laughs> uh, yeah, around, he just, he just he just smashes up things when he's angry. It's literally the same oh, right. character. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I, I I like I liked how it was all the new cast of kids basically, and I wonder yeah. if we're going to see big jumps. You know, where where the final film or however many is it a trilogy that they're, they're settling on again? Mate, they're going to try and do so one like every year. But they're, so they're not even co- as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know they're doing a trilogy, but like they're gonna just keep on going. It's gonna, going. Be, it's gonna be their Marvel sort of another but Marvel. The only problem is, is that obviously JJ isn't doing the next one. So I, I like Ryan Johnson. I really like Looper. But is it gonna be as good because he's not doing it? Well, I think it needs where it needs something that isn't straight. JJ can be a bit sort of you know straight you need something that's a bit a uh, bit of a curveball and i think looper was a was a curveball of a film i, I love looper but i do yeah. think i know look, I, I know it's probably he's probably knackered from doing it he's probably didn't want to do the second <laughs> one but oh, i'm just hoping it's as good because the expectation there is going to be huge so i do feel for ryan johnson because everyone's gonna be comparing it to the first it's a tough yeah. job to do the second one especially when you know you've probably got another one after it yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be difficult to get to match it, but hopefully it will. Well, you know, Lupin's great, I mean, as you said. They've interviewed. They actually when they interviewed, they interviewed uh, JJ recently, and he said he's actually annoyed he's not directing it because yeah, it's but... better. Like the script's better. He was Maybe like, the third. which is kind of an underhanded compliment when you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I'd done it because this one's shit. The other one looks really good. <laughs> and, I wonder. I wonder know, if Lucas had the same feeling when he did finished fourth and was like, oh, "That was such a weight on his shoulders." Well, was, I think do, it was, do you think a case it was the of, same reason. I don't know. I think, and that's the thing. That's the comparison. Like, it's interesting that Ross has said, like, "Well, no, you said that. Like, you hope they don't got a lot to live up to for the next one." But like Irving Kirshner did Empire Strikes Back after Lucas and he, he did an alright job mm. <laughs> considering his yeah. is like considered one of the best films ever made not only just you know part of a, part of that series it's one of the best films ever made um, now I think that and I think that's the interesting thing about the pressure probably isn't on the fact that he's thinking shit I've got to follow up Force Awakens like 
people are going to look at that and go, oh, so this is the Empire Strikes Back then. You're like, no, 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 please don't, please don't compare it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think it's interesting as well that they've had to postpone it. They've held it back by about five months in terms of its release date. When, um, when was its original release date? It was going to be a Christmas of, of 2017, I think. No, that's um, the new one. No, 2016 is going to be Rogue One spin-off, and then next one's being held off even longer. Oh, I um, see. Uh, but yeah, they've um, they've had to they've had to hold back, which is quite interesting. Now, does is that is that panic or intense preparation to follow it up now that it's the biggest film of all time? Um, and I think it's really mm-hmm. even even more sort of thing to sort of really chew on is the fact that it's coming out at the same time as Avatar Two. Now, Ooh. James Cameron's had a fucking a lot of time to plan on that sequel. So if he doesn't pull something out, I mean, it probably won't be able to match it. I'd be, you know, it'll be a close competitor, but I still don't think it'll be able to. Beat anyone, it. Is anyone looking forward to Rogue One? Uh... Um, I am purely because Ben Mendelsohn's in it. Um, is, isn't it? Like... Isn't it? Um, what's his name? Guy did uh, Godzilla. Yeah, which is a bit. Gareth Edwards. But I, I looking, reading into it, I heard that obviously he's young director and it was his first yeah. big break apparently he had so much producing a pressure really on godzilla like so many changes that he wouldn't have gone with which is always the way though isn't it, it seems yeah like yeah people you've, go, you've they, gotta you know, you've gotta say yes i mean not not everyone has the i guess the cojones to just no. I don't know. But it was like that but, recent um, story about fantastic four i've got the director's name he had like this whole tw- twitter rant about how oh Josh Trank yeah, like, yeah. you would have seen a very different film if I had control of it yeah which is you know yeah. really yeah. vocal about it sad isn't it mm. yeah but then I wonder I wonder we we only ever hear the horror stories of producers getting involved I wonder if we've you know you don't hear the ones where they actually saved the fucking day yeah you know? yeah yeah so I, I guess it's yeah. I just looked at Fantastic Four and IMDb 4.3. Ooh, Wasn't that bad? It's terrible. I'm not it's, saying honestly, it. it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. What, what, what's so bad about it, though? Is it what, like the dialogue, special effects? You can, you, it's everything, mate. You can just see that this was a film that was failing during production. And as it progresses, it's like they were just piecing together what they could. And Chronicle was so, good. Chronicle, Chronicle was, was good. Like a good film. Yeah. They had a good cast, though, in Fantastic Four as well. Yeah, amazing. Same. But that's another issue of like another director who started off low budget, did a really good job, and then when he got a paycheck and a, a bunch of like like Tom says, aggressive producers like screaming mm. down the necks with the money, that's the result. You know, you know, you had you had that for for him, Gareth Edwards from from Monster to Godzilla. Monster's a great film. Godzilla is not, um, and I still say even though it was like runner up as the biggest of the last year. Jurassic World is just not a good film. I just no. don't enjoy it. And yet Colin Trevorrow's first film, um, Safety Not Guaranteed, is is brilliant. Um, it's just, you know, that's I, I, it's just a shame that people, as always, you know, even though we've been away for five months, because shit don't change, you know what I mean? But numbers and numbers and uh, brands are sort of the most important thing to a project for some reason, not yeah. the actual substance that make it up. Um, but ah well, I mean, one thing that we've that I've seen this morning was it this morning or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Um, that's really got my attention, and I didn't think it would. Um, is the brand new trailer for Suicide Squad? Um, anything that puts um, a Queen soundtrack to it is going to be good. <laughs> it um, yeah. You know, 
seeing Simon Pegg in the Winchester beating up a pub landlord to Don't Stop Me Now did the trick. Um, <laughs> and this trailer was just, I was just, I think it was, it actually didn't compute to begin with because as it kicked in, it was just like, are they playing Queen to this trailer? <laughs> like, it just didn't really correlate. Um, and oh my God, it just looks, it looks so good. And I think wow. what's, what's really exciting about it is the massive contrast between that and Dawn of Justice. Like we knew this mm. was going to be a different animal, but I didn't really yeah. know how much until seeing this. It looks funny, ballsy, like, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be rooting for the bad guys that are the baddest of the bad. Um, and could the unthinkable finally happen? And could Jai Courtney actually get a good role in a film and turn out pro- promising by the end of it, rather than in Terminator Bumeg and you know every any other trash film he's turned up in? Um, but what do you what do you two think? I um, well, it's funny because I literally first thing I went into work and my, my colleague came over and goes, "Have you seen that Suicide Trailer?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." He's like, "It is the best trailer I've seen in years." And it just resonated across all, all like on the editing forums. They're calling it the best cut trailer of the year. And it, <laughs> honestly, what a year it's been so far. <laughs> I and um, I, it just looks like it just looks absolute chaos, doesn't it? Mm. It just looks just pure chaos. And we were all doubting Jared Leto's Joker when that picture came out mm. maybe like six months ago. He had the tattoos all over him. But now seeing him, that shot where he's on the floor yeah. with all the knives around him in his tuxedo or whatever, it looks it looks crazy good. It, it was that shot where it's also above him where he's like uh, got somebody in a pool of water and it's got the green and purple paint. It's Harley. It's actually Harley. Is it's that Harley? Yeah, it's the, red and, it's the red and blue coming off her skin. Oh, I, think. I thought it was the Joker holding her. Oh, no, mate. I love, there's been a lot of attention paid to that. I Has there? Oh, okay. So well, whoever it was, that, that shot looked brilliant. Of, um, but is there something options. about... I don't know if they've done something to the track. There's just something about it that, that's just different to... I can't put my finger on it. Just brilliant. How like, you've just, heard it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the bit at the end before the, um, the guitar solo was with all the guns and the beats, as Tom's like, edited amazingly. Absolutely yeah, I love the bit where um was oh god, I've got I can't even remember which part it is. But basically, there's a picture of the, there's the shot of the choppers going through the city, and when they're firing, it matches the song. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, oh, delightful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just great, man. And I think, I yeah, think... now, but sorry, Stan, just to quickly say, like the the attention of this film now and the hype is going to be huge. Yeah, I hope I just hope it matches it because like Superman, the, the Superman, the Dawn of Justice. Um, yeah. Is it doing a justice the first one? Yeah. Was that there? Yeah. Um, the trailers, I love them. I thought they were brilliant, like really well done. Yeah. And the film, Not the I this one. What one? Oh, you're on about Man of Steel. You're on about Man of Sorry, Steel. Sorry, Man of Steel. Yes, the yeah. first one. I thought the trailers were brilliant. And they were. the film, you know, as we said before, like we've all got problems with it. Um, so it's just, I just hope the film matches the trailers. I hope they're as good because now you know expectations sky high. Well, he's got a good. He's got a um, David Ayer's got a pretty good portfolio, man. Yeah, I know. Fury well, was really good. That's the thing. I think it's what I what I've sort of picked up on it as well. Um, it's interesting looking at the cut, the similarities between this and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the DC DC have picked an outsider team that not many people know about. They've picked a director that's okay, but not amazing. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's big, his best credit was Trading Day, which he wrote but didn't direct. And since then, he's, he's sort of just slow, ever so slowly raised his bar with like The Grey, Fury. Um, I think he did Harsh Times. Hall one. 
wasn't that, it? Uh, that Rennie DePleaceman. Um, oh, End of Watch. Amazing. Really good film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's quite interesting to look at that. They've sort of gone, right, can what, what I think they've decent, like, the Wilm Brothers have gone, right, where's our Guardians of the Galaxy? Where can we get these sort of rough around the edge band of heroes that aren't actually heroes? Um, like Starlord says, like bit of good, bit of bad. Like that's this is this is their equivalent, I think. And I think what I'm really excited about as well is, as I was saying, looking at the, the contrast between this and Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice looks like this epic, you know, intense, brooding film. Where Suicide Squad, like like you've just said, Tom, it's like organized chaos. And yeah. you think, you know, when you look at when you look at DC films, Nolan's Batman films set a tone, right? That clearly Dawn of Justice is well, Man of Steel that tried to try to match, and Dawn of Justice will be following on. Now, with the, with the potential success that Suicide Squad could be, do you think that will basically change their game plan and go right? People like this more than they like that. Do we think should we alternate? Should we switch it up and and make them more like this rather than the brooding thing that you know? Realistically, now looking at films like Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, people are really excited for Deadpool coming out. That looks like a mm. completely antithesis of what a superhero film should be. Do you think this could change the sort of superhero genre that now is like so firmly like cemented in, in film? Hmm, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> superhero is a isn't the right word to use. Would you call these the Suicide Squad superheroes? Would you call Vigilantes. Guardians of the Galaxy superheroes? Well, all right, comic book, the comic book sort of genre. I think they should just be taken in their own right, to be honest. And I yeah. think that's what they sort of have done. I think the only one that's had sort of both sides is Batman. Right. I think he's had... No, I think he, in general, he's been okay. portrayed as you've got your Nolan's Batman, you're very dark, not really... He means a hero, but he's not. Yeah. not like the old Batmans, where Superman's pretty much always been Superman and Spider-Man's been the same. Like the, for example... Yeah, I don't know. I think... I don't think Gritty is the way. I think they've just done it right for Suicide Squad and they did it yeah. right for Guardians. I think that's just how they are. They must be. The, I, I've never read the comic books, but I assume. But it's, it's easier wrote. to be a bit more fun where you've got so many wacky characters. Like Superman, Batman are quite straight characters. Suicide yeah. Squad, they're all, all amazingly weird in their own right. So I, don't, yeah, I guess it does depend on the film. But I don't know. You, you'll probably know this much more than me. In in the next films after Suicide Squad and Dawn of Justice, yeah, is there a plan to mix them all up, or is it are they keeping them separate? Well, I think the interesting thing is about the Suicide Squad is that pretty much each one of those villains are linked to a hero in the Justice League. So obviously, Joker's a Batman, and Batman obviously appears in Suicide Squad from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Boomerang, by played by Jai Courtney, who looks really good in it. Like I loved it as soon as they when they pull him out that um that um, bag. duffel bag and he, and he just laps that guy <laughs> and they're sort of breaking the trailer as well when he sort of hides behind a car knocking down a, a can I was like I love this already I'm intrigued by this um but he's he's a villain to the Flash who obviously that's not on the way yet then you've got um Harley Quinn's Batman Killer Croc Batman I think um who else have we got uh, Will Smith who's Will Smith. Will Smith's a Batman villain, to be honest. Deadshot, he's he's quite a, like. I feel like he's the only one I'm worried about in this Suicide Suicide Squad film. Why? Because all the other all the other all the other cast members aren't you know they haven't had these big films and you haven't got a perception of what he is. Yeah. Whereas with Will Smith, 
got bloody pursuit of happiness. Mm. And you know, I just don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's a, he, 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 he is blockbuster compared to yeah. the rest of the cast. I'm hoping he does something different to what I don't know, I guess to, to what we we expect from him. Because I'm really excited by him because I think he might be different to the normal Will Smith main guy on the poster kind of film where he's part of an ensemble. Hopefully he's as weird as the others. I, I think it's really interesting casting. Like, I've got no idea about what the character is or, you know, what his history is. But hopefully if he, you know, if he's just Will Smith and the others have been all weird and he's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I, and I don't know if his character's like a straight guy or a wacky guy. But if he plays it like the others, it's going to be really interesting. Like when do you ever see Will Smith playing something that's just a bit off-centre? You don't really see it much. So I guess what I know what you're saying, Tom, but I think I see it as quite exciting. See what it does with it. Yeah, I'm very much up for it. It's definitely it's definitely on all other lists. That's good. Um, when, when's it out, quickly? Anyone uh, dun, 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 dun. Uh, March, I think, for some reason. I don't know why I've got... No, it's not March. That's a lie. I think it's 2016, you know. That's this and year? Later. That is true. That is correct. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, where are they? August, August the fifth. Ah, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Why? So far away. <laughs> I thought you were like. Give it to I'm me out now. That weekend. Um, <laughs> um, moving on, actually, coincidentally, with from Mr. Smith. Oh, what was that? Um, from Mr. Smith. Um, we've got news that um he's actually boycotting. Well, one of many boycotting the um. Oscars this year because of the slightly, well, I say slightly, the clearly apparent um, mass nominations that are all um, white, basically. There's been no sort of um, any form of ethnicities entered into the nominations at all um, this year. Now, it's, it's, it's something that sort of plagued the Oscars, I think, every so often through the years. And it's, it's really, I think it's definitely reached boiling point this year with a lot of people speaking out about it. Um, Spike Lee has been rumoured to have not specifically said boycotting, he's just said he's not attending. Um, Will Smith has now said he's doing that, and Mark Ruffalo has as well. Um, uh, and Jada Pinkett Smith, um, lady on the arm of Will Smith, she she spoke up first about it. Um, but what do you think about this, folks? Because this is like a massive thing. Like already, you've got, it's a bit awkward already because Chris Rock's supposed to be hosting it. And already they're contemplating if he's going to follow through with it because he could bail out any moment. And the Academy appear to be, by the sounds of things, are scrambling to get get everything sorted and possibly change up the original judges um, for the awards shows and for for this year and future for future years to come. What do you what do you think about it? You know what I I do feel like there's a mass diversity issue, but I don't quite agree with the whole. The vote, the, the the people that are up there for nominations are the wrong. You know, I don't feel like we've missed someone out. Clearly, the only person I would say would might be um, El Toro for his performance in Sicario. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get a nomination, which was like I was a bit like, oh, probably should have. But other than that, I don't think so. But I think the main issue is what people are talking about is that the the Academy is still ninety five percent run by these like seventy year old white guys. Yeah. You know, they do all the buttings and and whatnot, and they have been doing it for like God knows how long. And maybe that's the issue. Not so much Will Smith deserves a nomination for his 
performance in concussion or you know whoever else i don't think that's yeah. the problem but um yeah i don't know i don't i, I, I don't know as much yeah, i mean the thing is i i can see what you're saying like you know those have gotten that have got nominated i suppose have earned it to a degree but like mm. but this year you know people are sort of saying that like you know straight out of Compton, straight out of Compton should have got nominated for more awards i don't think it should have it's not that good a film it's just simply not. You know, it's a good film, but it's not. Is it award-worthy? No, it's not. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Um, Creed, should Michael B. Jordan have been nominated? Not necessarily. I don't think so. He's been, he got plenty of attention for Fruitvale Station. Mm. You know, no one sort of kicked up a fuss then. So why is, why is there a difference I, now? See, I'd say, I don't think, even though Michael B. Jordan was great in Creed, I'm looking at the uh, nominees for actors the leading role, and I, and I can't see him getting in over the ones that are already there. However, yeah, I think there is an argument to have Creed in the best picture category, which is not, and also yeah. potentially in the best director category for Ryan right. Coogler, and it's not. So I think there is room for other films to get in. And I'm trying to think of other ones and ones you just mentioned, but yeah, well, it's, a bit, it's a little bit like what Tom said. I do agree. Like the ones that are there. I'm just going for the actors as an example. Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, DiCaprio, Fassbender, Redmayne. You can't argue against them being in there. No. However, sure, I think it's two years running where all the actor, actresses and supporting ones have all just been white, males or females. You surely yeah. think, you know, it's hard to judge, uh, to, to judge something that's supposed to be a bit of an art form as what's best. But yeah. surely you think you'd have somebody who's not just an normal white guy a white woman mm. in there it's weird I, I haven't seen concussion but I, I don't know anyone that has so also if, i don't know if there's an argument for him being in there i'm trying to think of other nominees well you see i've read a lot of reviews for that and a lot of the common consensus is it's almost like a well i don't know i don't know i can't remember your stance on southport ross but like a lead actor who's trying to elevate a film that won't come up to his level like yeah. Will Smith is great in the film, but the film yeah. itself is not that good, so it sort of brings him Shame. down a bit. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, you know, he's been nominated. He was nominated for Ali like years back. You know, it, it's just he, he's been nominated twice, but it's just the I don't know. Like, do I believe that everybody who votes for the Academy Awards is racist? I, I'm sure they're not. I can't believe that. However, it is very weird that, you know, that it's happened two years in a row. Yeah. That nobody of who, who's black, who's Asian, who's basically just not white, yeah. hasn't been nominated. You know, one year, maybe coincidence, but two years in four different categories. It's um, a bit. Yeah, it's a bit much. Uh, the thing bit, is, I think it's interesting to think like at one point when the, all the nominations just about, just before they were put into all their envelopes and stuff, no one thought folks, are we not seeing anything here? Like, can you not spot anything quite noticeable what, about all this? They... They're like, nah, don't worry about it. Just put them in. Stick them in. Don't worry. But then what, what can they do if you're running it? Like, exactly. Folks, this folks. is it. So, it's, you know, and you know they, they, very... they might have done it. They might have seen, oh, God, we've got a problem. <laughs> what, yeah. they, what, do they cast the revote? You know. Well, this is it. And not only that, so what do they do for next year? So if they nominate, if they put, like, a, a non-white actor or actress into a category and nominate them, is that, People are going to think, you oh, know, is that just a token nomination? Exactly. And, is know, the argument won or is that a genuine thing? Such a difficult situation. But I do, say, I do say I hope Chris Rock doesn't pull out because the past few Oscar presenters, they haven't been bad, but 
you know, you're competing against people like Ricky Gervais doing the Golden Globes. Who yeah. I personally love. It really, he's really funny. And his his comment on this was absolutely brilliant as well. What was it? Um, it was something like, um, "So disappointed, no Chinese actors have been nominated for it either." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It brilliant. was just like so oh, true, and especially people at work have been raving about the film The Assassin. It makes yeah. be amazing. Yeah, which hasn't got any love either. Is that the Chinese film? Yeah, and um. I don't know. You know what? I don't. I just don't. Maybe. I mean, the year that Twelve Years a Slave came out. I mean, the same for um, Captain Phillips. I mean, it's not like they they go unnoticed. Well, it's like for that, Ellen Gen- Ellen Jones said, um, uh, Twelve Years a Slave, where um, you either you either vote for the film or you're a racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and that's in truth. That's the sort of situation. It's a very fine line that they're walking on, and it's just. I can completely understand where they're coming from, but what? How will this affect next year? What? What will those nominations for next year suggest? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Will it be yeah. like Ross says, token, and just like look, let's just do it to sort of satisfy them? Because because that's that's obviously going to come up in conversation. No yeah. one's not yeah. going to say, "All oh, right, well this year you finally done it, have you?" It's like, mm. what point? At what point will you go? Will you know those sort of boycotting say, "Okay, congrats, you know it's done the job. Like we've we've made that." the argument and they've listened yeah I don't really i don't really know when there's going to be a resolve um but then again there's, there's always um there's always weird nominations though for, for the oscars i was i looked through them i haven't seen all of the films but to not have tarantino best original screenplay and correct me if i'm wrong if anyone's seen it because i haven't seen it yet but it's supposed to be like this novel and it's supposed to be an amazing story yet there's been no love for him at all so what's this uh, Hateful Eight, um, Tarantino right. for screenplay. Yeah, um, I mean, I saw it. I saw it last weekend. Was um, it good? Story wise, in truth, it's not his best at all um, by a stretch. Like it's good, but then Tarantino can do. Tarantino on a bad day is better than some directors on their best. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think with the Hateful Eight, like there are moments. I mean, it's a three hour. It's three hours long. It's, it's he long, needs a new editor, it? man. He needs a new. All all his latest ones are just long. Yeah, I mean it's a long slog to watch, and it does have its moments where it's like, is this going to get anywhere? And then it flashes back, and like even the flashbacks lengthy, and I was like, this is taking a bit. But like, you know, there are moment. There are sort of classic. I think, I think what I sort of picked up on is that Tarantino has always had a knack for finding a, 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 a cast member and. Make, giving them that opportunity to really make their mark in the industry, or mm. you know, make us make a stand as like John Travolta, Uma Thurman, um, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction to a degree, um, but for the, uh, Christoph Waltz, God, like Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards, it just blew you away. You were just like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And I think for the Hateful Eight, Walton Goggins is just the, the absolute stealer. He's absolutely amazing. Like I've only seen him. Because I think he was—he started off in the Shield, didn't he? From what I remember, um, and then he was in Justified, and he's been in Sons of Anarchy as well. He was actually—he was actually um, a transvestite in, in Sons of Anarchy, and he's brilliant in it. Um, and in this, he's very much like he starts off as this sort of mild-mannered, sort of the idiot of the group, and his his sort of arc in this in this film is just incredible and by the end of it you're just absolutely rooting for him he's such a great character and then you think you know he's sharing the screen with Kurt Russell, Samuel Jackson, Tim Roth like people that have have 
who are now you know, revered actors and Tarantino put them there because of that. Like that's how they're, they're yeah. there because of him. And I really hope that Goggins goes further because of this, because honestly, he's, as soon as he turns up, you can't take your eyes off him. He's just brilliant. He's like, how, how he's is, just um, brilliant. How, what was Tim Roth like? Cause I think he's really underrated. And I, I, it's a shame he's not in more in my opinion, but is he good in this? It's weird. He's like, he's not, he doesn't stand out. You know what I mean, he's not like, yeah, Oh my God! Wasn't that Tim Roth bit amazing? Like, you know, there are there are the hateful eight. It's a crowded, it's a crowded like halfway house that they turn up in. Do you know what I mean? And, and mm. not everyone has the amount the amount of attention that they possibly should have. Um, I'd say that Kurt Russell and Samuel Jackson get the biggest sort of cut of the pie, mm-hmm. but then the rest of the people that turn up in it are just as entertaining. You know, there are characters that sort of their appearances as a Tarantino film. You know, not everyone's going to make it out of this film alive, and those that get a bit of a short shorter run they are still memorable um jennifer jason lee is absolutely amazing in it um just a nasty piece of work like bogey flicking like phlegm spitting just beast she's just horrible in it and you know they kurt russell sort of loves his uh kurt russell sorry to say tarantino loves his like strong women she is pretty strong, but she's also just a nasty, nasty character. Um, not like a villain of, of such, but just just disgusting. Do you know what I mean? You just feel mm. dirty looking at her. She's just she plays it so well. Um, but yeah, Walton Goggins is is like the, the the winning the winning member of the group to be honest. But Tim Roth is just sort of the like almost moustache twirling Englishman. Um, yeah. Which you know mm. any any English actor can do really if he's in a if he's in a big film, but you know you're sort of expecting more of him. But you, know, you can't you prefer have it to Django. Um, it's weird because when I first saw Django, I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was good. I mean, it might you know this might have a similar sort of route where I watch it again and think, God, you know what, this is a lot better than I remember it being because um, mm. that happened with Django for me. But um, I prefer Django to it purely because DiCaprio is just. That, that, he is amazing in that film. It's the, and, the bleeding hand scene. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and it's weird. Funnily enough, we watched because took my girlfriend to see it. We watched. Um, she'd never seen Wolf of Wall Street, which has just been added to Netflix. And as I was watching it, I was like, "One, why is this man still not won an Oscar?" As he's crawling along the yeah. floor trying to get into a Ferrari, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then two, I was like. God, I forgot how good he is and like how much I want to watch Dango again, just because he's so good in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there have been issues with the Oscars and some people haven't been nominated. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Goggins get a nomination, to be honest, but that's just not the case. But we'll mm. see what next year brings. But yeah. for now, Tom, last time, uh, well, we spoke a while back and you've said that if you have you put a few cheeky bets on, on the nominations this I year? I have, but it, it seems to be almost all technical bets. And I've, right. gone for, and I've gone for Leo, best actor, actually. I think I'm looking at the roster and unless it's they go with a double red main, it's going to be Leo. So yeah. they've got that for best actor. Um, supporting on, on Ross's sort of on Ross's shoulders, I've actually gone for Stallone. Yeah. But I've got to say, just a quick mention, I saw Bridge of Spies and Mark Wright. There's not many people that can steal a film from Tom Hanks, especially with limited dialogue. And Mark Rylance is brilliant. He's just amazing in it. However, I think he's, he's with, you've got to go with Stallone. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my... 
as my bet Stallone. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Rylance might get the nod. Yeah. So I, I still think, as much as it should get more love, I think the only big Oscar, I say big Oscar, as in like the only one of the main, like like best picture, best director, I think Mad Max is going to take, I think George Miller is going to win best director. Yeah, I can see that. And then, yeah. And I think best picture is going to be um, The Revenant. And... Oh, see, I think Mad Max. I don't think he's going to win the double. I think he's going to win Best Director and then he's going to win all the technical ones. So he's going to win Best, you know, Editing, Best Sound Editing, Best Cinematography. Mm. Even though Deacons in Sicario, it is a beautiful film. That is, it is amazing. Tom, it what, is... Did you make of, what did you make of the shot when all the soldiers are walking don't, down? Don't, is that no, and, it, and it's, and it, it's it. silhouette. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like, how many shots in this film could you hang on a wall? Like... I know, <laughs> literally, and and only because of that, I then watched um, Prisoners after I watched yeah. Sicario, and that is the best mm. film I've seen in about five years. It's so good. I've not, and I, I I've not. It was like a two hours thirty five minute film. I've not had a film that has kept me on the edge of my seat <laughs> from minute one. The two thirty-five. I just could not believe how good it was. Um, so Blade Runner two is just that is a big one for me to watch. Yeah, the, the Denise Valview, how how you pronounce his surname? Pronounce his surname? Villeneuve, I think. I'm not going to attempt it. Um, but yeah, man, he's two films I've seen from him so far. Just did he do Did he do another one with Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Oh, me, enemy. Oh my gosh. Was it good? good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The prisoners. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. It was just like a side job, basically. But lads, now if you could watch this, right, and tell me what the fuck happens in that film, please (laughs) send me a send me send your answers on a postcard to confuse Nick, Um, because the ending of that film, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I still had to rewind at least about half an hour to try and figure out. You know when you're sort of watching a film and it's mm. not really keeping your attention, so you're sort of nipping in and out and stuff, and something happens at the end where I was like, have I just seen that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, give it a watch. Give it a watch. Yeah. Um, you will scratch your heads over it. Um, I've just looked it up, and the third um, thing that's come up on Google is Enemy movie ending explained. The meaning of the Jake, and I don't want to click it. Yeah. Because I haven't said, I don't ruin it. But, oh, wait, wait, I've just read a little quote. <laughs> the scariest ending of any film ever. <laughs> oh, I'm we'll going to watch far. this. Um, but I mean. But he's talented, yes. isn't he? This Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Talented yeah. man. I mean, it's weird because, like, Blade Runner's, like, one of my favourites. It's like yeah. he's, I hold it so close, and I'm like, please don't fuck it up. But he's the one guy. After particularly after Scary, I was just like, and the fact that they're going to make a sequel as well about Benicio del Toro's character. Hey, Deegan's oh. is shooting, and they've got like a relationship now, and it's just, how has he not won an Oscar? I know, man, and it's such so many films. That's worse than Leo. I bet Skyfall, Prisoners, Skyfall, Scario. I bet no he sat down to Revenant him. and was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, he's being robbed by that. What's his name? The guy the guy who's done the Revenant, Gravity, all of those. Yeah. What's his name? He was just um, a Birdman and etc. I bet I saw Birdman but, as well. What a film. Yeah. Is it good? I still haven't seen what it. What a bloody film. 
I mean, it's very arty. It seems to have got a lot of mixed it's very, reviews. It's very, very arty, and I don't like the whole one take. one take. I don't like it. No? As in, it just doesn't... I don't like that... don't know that things are important. Because when, thing, when, when there's a natural rhythm to films, you know that something's, something big's happened, it's ended. Yeah. You know, B-roll, new shot, you know? And it's... Like, you in think... this, you just don't know things mm. that... So the whole film feels, in, I don't know, like like a like little less worthless, a little less worthy than it should have. I don't but know. They, they definitely Tom, do you it. think... Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Tom, do you think your, de- your attention to detail, though, naturally takes you out of it a bit? Because, like, because obviously, because you probably knew going in, it's one take. Were you sort of watching it going, right, where's the cuts? No, because you can't see them. Oh, right. It's done perfectly. You can't, you can't but, see them ever, but, not one. But, so, but, Tom, but just because it's one take, or it looks like one take, and you know that, are you watching it going, this is great, it's one take, or are you just watching it as a film? No, you're watching it as a film. I mean, and you know when the takes are. Like, it, go, it goes to a dark, like, there'll be yeah. like five frames where it's pitch black in a doorway. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's obviously a cut. But, um,. I, I just don't know. I just didn't like the whole, you know, you didn't know if it was... I mean, they did do some scene changes where they looked to a sky and then it time-lapsed and then you went back in, you know, so there wasn't a cut, but there was a speed of time. And, and I, don't think, I don't think that was what bothered me. I just You just didn't know. So I don't know. You're limited to one way of filming, you know? Yeah. You're but always... T- t- there aren't, yeah, I don't know. Talking of one takes... Um, there's a one take in Creed that was brilliant. I don't want to ruin it. When, when you see it, you'll know. But it's, I'm not sure. I haven't read much on what people thought of Creed like on the internet or anything. Like this is, there's one scene where it's all one take. It's about six minutes long. And it's brilliant. It must have taken them all day to get right. But it was really, really good. And it was probably one of my favourite ones. I'm thinking about other ones. Maybe to start with Boogie Nights for my favourite. It was up there. Children of Men always gets mentioned, doesn't it? Yeah. Which one? Children of Men. There's a scene where they're running through the streets. Oh, my God. When he walks out of the shop and he's just, oh, it's amazing. But, I mean, yeah. as well, I think, Ross, did you, I don't know if, if you'd agree or not, because, I, I mean, I, I caught Creed and it was like... Yeah, have you seen think, Creed, Stan? Yeah, I think through the majority of the film, I was just thinking, this film should not be as good as it is. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think... I get... I think you know, you've got to look at it from, from when it first got mentioned. It was like, right, they're going to do a Rocky film without Rocky in a boxing ring. And it's about Apollo Creed's son. And you just go, what? Like, you really are <laughs> just be clutching crap. the straws, aren't you? But yeah. have you yeah. seen Fruitvale Station, Stan? I haven't, mate. It's on my list. Oh. But the thing is, I've always, I've loved Michael B. Jordan since yeah. like, he was in The Wire. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he was amazing in that. And then obviously he was in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, um, yeah. He's always done well. But, like, I just thought, God, this is going to be terrible. And it's just a great film. Like, even if, as a Rocky fan, as a boxing fan, whatever, you just watch that film and somehow Rocky still managed to be, you know, it's not even a battle of of his film over over Michael P. Jordan's film. They've both got equal share. You're you're still invested in him as as you have been for the past, what, Character. And you know, it's just I think I think it, the last film sort of highlighted the fact you know he was getting old, um, 
and he's still going back for one last fight. This mm. is very much he's got nothing left to give, but teach someone else what he learned. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think you know there are some really just really lovely little moments. Like the, I love. Yeah. I mean, I won't. So I won't spoil it. But like the sort of you know, there's there's obviously going to be the constant sort of motivation in the ring between rounds of like him coaching him and being like, you can do this. Da da da. And there's a line that that Michael B. Jordan says. So I won't spoil it because Tom, if Tom hasn't seen it. No, but seen. he's like, he's like, why do you want it so bad? And he says something. Yeah. And it really hit me, and I was like, whoa, I did yeah. not expect that. And it almost like, you know. There is plenty of scenes in that fight where sound goes because he's been lamped, but that was the one where it just genuinely sucked the life out of me. I was like, "Oh, yeah," because yeah. I was really surprised. It was just, it was such a At, more serious a lovely... comment for a film that didn't, yeah, you wouldn't see it, expect it to come from. But it was just, oh, it was great, man, great. But there was another serious again, not spoilers. There was a serious uh, speech by Stallone. Um, yeah, that really caught me, like lump in the throat kind of moment. And yeah. um, and you just think you wouldn't expect it from the seventh Rocky film. And I, don't, I, yeah. think, I, I think I had a bit Seven more faith. As well. Yeah, <laughs> I think I had a bit more faith in it than you probably stand because I saw Fruitvale Station. So when yeah. I when I heard it was Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan again, I thought you know what this could actually be really interesting, really good. So to deal with the what happens in the film and I deal with it and like some some of the speeches by Stallone, I think it was two that was brilliant. And yeah. then there was the, the training montage, which was. You know, you think of everyone's wait, waiting for the training montage. Yeah. And everyone's got in their heads, you know, the, um, the, the one in Russia where he's, you know, he's running up a mountain and Ivan Drago. Drago steroids in the leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drago! <laughs> 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 well, this classic. one, this one is so, it's quite, it's not understated because it's a Rocky film, but it's understated compared to the others. But it's, it's chopped in together with something else that's really well done. Yeah, with, with two the, the two things together, yeah. and um, yeah, just everything was dealt. That's why I think Ryan Coogler should be nominated for best director because it's just handled well, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it feels like a one-off indie film by itself. Even though it's the seventh Rocky film or it's a spin-off of the Rockies, yeah, it, it is a standalone. And I, I didn't think there was a bad scene in it or a bad performance, even from all. There's you know there's a few boxers in it who you think. Especially one of them, Tony Bellew, who's the main rival. And you yeah. think it's, it's always risky casting somebody who's not an actor, especially in a big role. And even though he's kind of playing himself, he still does, he still does brilliantly in it. So that's down to the director. Yeah. You know, I really do think he should have got a nod, but it's definitely worth seeing if anyone hasn't seen it. It is, it is a great film. And like, <laughs> I think, I think the, the best thing, of, one of the best elements about it as well, like you were saying, oh, everyone's waiting for the training montage. But mm. I, think, I think you were also waiting for the Rocky theme. Yeah, yeah. And it's used, you know, everything about it is just, he, he knows exactly when, without, without to sound too, like, um, cheeky, he knows when to put, put, put his punches in. Like, he gets yeah. the timing for every single thing that you think, this could be so cheesy or cliche or not work correctly. And it does, and every part of it works. Yeah. Like, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know what, I, actually, I want to watch that again now. Mm. Um, and I think but, compared to Southpaw as well, I liked Southpaw, but I, th- I thought this was... Superior. Oh yeah, by far. By far. By yeah. far. Um, Southpaw was weak, man. He was great, but it was just a weak story. Yeah, everything else was just just subpar, man. Yeah. Um, Stan, thing... did you like the the one take bit? Is it, it? You... right now? I can't confirm. I don't want to spoil it. Well, it's not really spoiling. Is it near the end? 
No, it's just before I midway, I'd say. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I'm gonna have to watch it again. Okay. Um, I, I didn't realise till three minutes in that it was still one take. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then I oh realised this is going a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, what is it still going? And then they yeah. go for a few more minutes. Oh yeah. I thought if you watch it again, when we stop this podcast. When Tom was listening, yeah. he hasn't seen it. I'll remind you, and if you see it again, oh, okay, it's cool. brilliant. I'll have, a, I'll have a look. I love as well that um, they've interviewed Michael B. Jordan because they were already talking about a sequel and saying, "Who would you want to see as your your like uh, opponent next, next time?" And he's already said he's like Tom Hardy. <laughs> wow, that'd be, that'd be now, now, was it a better fighting film than The Warrior? Oh, different. I've got it's to different. The fighting was because normally with Rockies, I, I watched Rocky the fourth one about two or three months ago again yeah. and the, the fighting in Rockies aren't great it's like these uh, massive punches and yeah. I think I watched the, yeah. the, the uh, Mr. T one a few months ago as well and it's you know it's just proper Hollywood boxing yeah. where this one is much more realistic you know there's still a few massive hits that wouldn't particularly happen but it's very much you know trying to keep it real however Warrior is such a good film so I haven't watched sure. it in ages. And it's oh another man, look. just that bit where that um, the national song comes in uh, at yeah. the end. Tap out, Tommy. Like, there's no. Oh, it's perfect. I might watch it again. <laughs> they walk away together, tonight. and the dad like nods his hat from afar. Oh, I was I was reading up. I love I love reading up the trivia pages on IMDb, and I read up the Warriors one about two weeks ago, and there's a bit in it that said Nick Nolte's first scene on set. After the first take, the whole crew game was standing like standing ovation. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That is Imagine cool. having Nick Nolte and Stallone in the same film. Just be mumbling for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitles. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> that scene, that scene where he's, 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 he's holding him in the hotel room. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Man, man, what a scene. <laughs> oh, I want to watch it again now. <laughs> I've got to work. It. I've got to work at like nine forty-five tomorrow. I can I could squeeze that in before bed. Um, well, we've we've talked enough about films. I think what are we on now. Well, lads, we've made it. I think we've made it an hour. Are we touching on an hour yet? Well, we've got so much more to talk about. Have we? Why? What else? What else is on your to-do list, Ross? Uh, well, obviously, look. I know Tom's seen loads, and I'm sure he's got loads to talk about as well. Seen loads. I've, I've seen. <laughs> got Bridge of Spies. I've seen The Walk. Amy. I've just remembered. I saw. Um, there was something else, but I can't. Black Mass. I'll have to speak about it next week. I've seen The Room, Ex Machina. I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey in 70mm. Oh. Did your eyes bleed with joy, Tom? With, um, with an intermission and everything. Oh, what a lucky man. <laughs> Russ just sort of. Because I was saying this. Spence fluids. I was saying this to Tom the other week. There's a lot of amazing classic films that I haven't yeah. seen. And I'm ashamed, you know, it's like my dirty little secret. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of films that, being a film fan, I should have seen a long time ago. But because yeah. there's got such a big following, everyone says that they're the best films ever, I put them on a pedestal so I can't watch it just on an off night or an off day. I'm exactly I ha- like that, right? Yeah, exactly it has to like be. Yeah. Look, I'm ashamed, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let out my dirty little secret now. I'm ashamed I've never seen Pulp Fiction or any of The Godfathers, you know, shoot me. <gasps> but... It's not because I haven't had the chance. I've had the chance, but I'm always like, no, do you know what? It's not the right time. I'm not yeah. going to put it on. So Wait, seeing, so, I know. So what I'm I was going to say, seeing, like, I'm so jealous of Tom because Tom's seen a classic in 70 millimeter in a cinema 
and not even though he's just bought a 50 inch TV for his flat (laughs) it's still not good enough to see these type of films you want to see it in that kind of same in that that setting that he saw 2001 so I'm just jealous jealous I want to see these films in the same place there's never going to be a point in time where I come back from work and go you know what Tom we're doing it we're watching 12 Years a Slave (laughs) there's never going to be that time there's just not I'm never gonna see that film. When, when, when you have like the bad day, Tom, you know it's the worst day ever. <laughs> Literally, it's never gonna be that point in time. That's brilliant. <laughs> like, I think, I think you know what then. If that's the case for next week, well, if we if we come back next week, we we I want to come back. Do you want to come back? Yeah. yeah, it's like riding a bike, wasn't it? This is great. Back on it. <laughs> we know what we're doing now. It's like we've never been away. I think, right, Ross, you need yeah. to watch Pulp Fiction. But there will never be the right time. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the pedestal. You know <laughs> I was going to say, I'm finally going to take the cellophane off my copy of Reservoir Dogs. Oh, have you not seen it yet? No, still not oh, seen it. Never seen still it. Not seen it. Never so we've seen got it. to watch. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. It's my favourite Tarantino film. Not that I've seen all of them, but oh, it's great. Well, it's why that's... I love Tim Roth so much. Yeah, there you go then. Well, yeah. I'll I'll happily watch it if you stick Pulp Fiction on. Oh, I I would happily. All I want to do is watch Pulp Fiction, but well, it's never the do right it, time. Ross. Just do it. Can I say film that film that stole the Christmas period for me was actually. Big Hero Six. Oh, what a film! Blah, 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 blah. And you and you look back and you look at the last four or five Disney films, mate. They're all bangers. Yeah, they're yeah. back. Just a Looks quick thing, amazing. mate. I was going to ask you two about this during our Oscar chat. These, you know, best. I haven't seen Big Hero Six. But I saw it Inside Out and I loved it. And I'm not a huge animation fan. Should animations be put into the best picture category and not just the best animation category? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that yeah, makes space for makes space for a different category. <laughs> what, what's the different? Oh, like, would you just scrap the animation category? Well, no. It, best picture is it, it's like yeah, it's like saying best film. Yeah. Overall yeah. best film. Because I think Inside Out deserves to be up there. Like, I haven't seen the other animations. Oh, Inside Out, what a film! It was amazing. And it was, you know what? It was. I know that people say it's a kids' film, but I thought it was more of an adult film. Oh, massively. Oh mate, it's all freed like um, theories and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's really good. I think really it's amazing, good. and I cried. I'm not even ashamed to admit that. Yeah. I happily sobbed like a little girl. Real nice um, bit. To yeah. a pink imaginary elephant. Is it an elephant? Is it even an His elephant? His name was Bing Bong, just... Tom. For God's sake. <laughs> God, I'm having flashbacks to that scene. No. <laughs> anyway, I will see you, badasses. Next week, where Ross will feel really, uh, Tom will feel really bad about himself after watching Twelve Years a Slave. Um, <laughs> Ross will probably have injected himself with some adrenaline after watching Pulp Fiction, and I'll be probably sat here the whole podcast wearing a pair of shades and um, dancing around with a razor blade in my hand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, boys, for coming back. I've missed your seductive, sultry voices down my down my ear hole. Like I've got Barry White in one and. Some other sexual figure in the other. I don't know. Luna Loveless. Anyway, I'll bid you farewell. <laughs> bid you farewell. And I'll see you bitches next week. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.